We hustle in silence, but we kill with success. Welcome to the Being a Ninja Show. What's up, ninjas? It's Joe Shung, aka Joe Fight, founder and CEO of Fight Fitness, where we help people burn fat, tone up, and learn to kick. But today's episode is with Dr. David Song from Rehab Hero. In this episode, we learn about Rehab Hero and how he actually came up with the name. We also share about how he's actually grown his business through this entire pandemic. And we answer questions on common exercise injuries and issues that people develop while working out at home. Enjoy. All right, we are live uh, on another episode of Being a Ninja. We have a special guest with me. Uh, his name is Dr. David Song. He runs Rehab Hero. Uh, if you haven't seen their stuff, awesome, awesome stuff. I'll post a link onto this after on some of their content that he posts on his Instagram page. Tons of resources. Uh, super close to our Fight Fit Markham location. So if you go, if you're a member of ours, uh, you can literally get to his location in about five minutes. So super convenient. I've seen him for treatment. He's helped me out a lot. Uh, David, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me here. Awesome. Now, I, I want to get started with this first question. Okay. Rehab Hero. How did you come up with that name? Oh, <laughs> um, it's so it's, I'm a big geek. So to say for a while, like I've always been into comic books and like anime and all that stuff. So um, I wanted to put a little bit of a personal touch to, you know, the whole rehab process but really um rehab hero is more so about not about us being the hero but about you guys uh, becoming your own heroes empowering you guys to take control over how you guys move and how you guys feel and move forward from there so that's kind of how the name came uh came to be it's more so you know getting you to become your own rehab hero love it that's an awesome story so let's take us all the way back um how did you get started in this whole rehab space um, and what's your background? Yeah, so uh, I'm a chiropractor. I did my formal education at uh, McMaster University. I did my kinesiology uh, sciences degree there, and then I went to become a chiropractor. I'm one of those guys I kind of knew I was going to get into this since I was like 12 years old, or like pretty, pretty young. Um, mostly because when I was a kid, I broke my collarbone actually. And just through that whole entire process, I really want to become a healthcare practitioner, um, but more hands-on. I want to be more in the therapeutic component, you know, and try to get people to move better. So that's how it all, all kind of started. Yeah. Cool. So you started, uh, you knew you always wanted to be a chiropr chiropractor even at 12. Yeah. Well, actually, I, I, I always wanted to be a physio, <laughs> funny enough. Um, but uh, as I grew older, I realized that chiro and physio are pretty, pretty darn similar. And then um, as I was... Uh, applying, I actually got into both Cairo and physio school at the same time. Um, and then I ended up just choosing Cairo because at the time I had the opportunity to shadow both professionals. And I just liked what I saw with Cairo a little bit more. But um, honestly, like both professions are are great at what they do. Got it. Because you're pretty, you're pretty hands on with everything and with the treatment modalities and everything. Um, 
Now going into like, it's amazing that you've always wanted to be a Cairo and then being the healthcare space. How did you get start? I mean, I'm sure you went through a lot of schooling. You finished yeah. your Cairo. How did you end up getting your start, starting to work with clients? Yeah. So, uh, well, you know, being fresh out of school, I worked for two other clinics, uh, first one being, uh, that's in downtown, my detox, and then another one in Scarborough called loose strength therapy. I made sure to choose kind of clinics that kind of resonated with my treatment approach. Um, unlike, like, I, I think I treat sort of differently than most chiros would. I don't just do adjustments or anything like that. Um, I also include a lot of soft tissue if I think it's required. You know, I do acupuncture if I think it's required, but um, I'm all about uh, prescribing exercises and giving you guys some exercise homework uh, that will actually give you some long-term results. So, um, like everyone knows, if you get your back cracked, it feels great, but then the next day it kind of feels, you know, sort of sore again. So, I wanted to do something that was a little bit more long-term and more uh, more about longevity versus like the short-term pain relief. Yeah, love it. And, I, you know, being in the, in the fitness and health space for a little while, you know, I've kind of done my rounds with a lot of um, uh, practitioners. And uh, I think a lot of you guys are moving towards that, like more hands-on approach yeah. um, with, with treatment. So you mentioned you work with Myo Detox and uh, Lose Strength. Friends with them too. So it's awesome that we're all connected. Um, yeah. How did you find, is there a certain type of client that you kind of resonate with or you work with more or specialize with? Yeah, so um, especially pre-COVID, um, most of the people I treated were people just like you who love to exercise, who love to lift, who love to, uh, you know, have that active lifestyle, um, not just as like something that they have to do, but something that they want to do. So uh, pretty much if you ever touched a barbell, you're probably coming to see me as well. Um, just for a not like for maintenance care, but I want to call it more like performance care so that you can perform and squat and deadlift or uh, do any of those types of things, snatch it clean without, you know, feeling uncomfortable or feeling at risk of injury. So uh, I, I, I usually see a lot of lifters. Okay, cool. Yeah. What do you find is the most common injury with lifters? Uh, shoulder injuries or knee injuries? Either or, yeah. Okay, so mostly shoulders and knees. Good, because I'll touch on some of those after as well. Yeah. Um, I want to go into a little bit of the business side of things too. It's uh, you actually, from what I you told me, you opened up your clinic during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. It was like I remember it was September fourth. I remember the exact day, and I decided to go on Realtor.ca to see. I wonder just how much commercial real estate is nowadays and then i saw the prices and you know i decided you know i'm just going to open up because it's a good time to kind of lock into a a cheaper long-term lease and i knew i was going to open up eventually no matter what and so yeah i decided to pull the trigger and then i september 4th i quit my job september 30th and opened up october 28th so just got everything done really quick yeah Love it. And I think it, it, it's, uh, that, that's entrepreneurship. I always make it, I always say it's like jumping off a cliff and building a plane on the way down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it is how it is. Like that's literally how I opened up the studio too. Like within a month's time, I was like, I found a space, loved it. Let's, let's rock and roll with it. Yeah. I love uh, that. You, you, you have a huge social media following as well. Uh, and I know I kind of, uh, I, I went through some of your social media. You got a great, you got a growing YouTube channel and everything. How have you found um, like growing social media and how has that benefit you, you in your treatment of not only growing your business, but also helping your patients? Yeah. 
So yeah, I guess it, my main thing that that's kind of the biggest is my Instagram account. Um, just hit one hundred ninety-five thousand followers yesterday, and that all kind of started um, for my patients. I wasn't trying to get Instagram fame or anything. I was just I tend to prescribe very unique exercises because it's unique to the person in front of me. And so I had I ran into the problem where I could not find any online resource that I needed to do this specific movement. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to record it myself, and then if I'm just going to throw it up on the internet for everyone else to see because it's not up there, so I'm going to just put it up there. And then uh, it kind of blew up from there because I guess people around the world uh, were, I guess they were getting sick of just doing like this for your rotator cuff, you know, with a band. And so they wanted, uh, I guess a lot of them resonated with some of the exercises that were a little bit more specific for different scenarios. And then it kind of grew. So uh, yeah, that's how it kind of started. I still make my, all my new posts are still based off like a patient that I see. And uh, I'm just putting it out there for the rest of the world to kind of also benefit from because I'm making the videos anyways. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome. And I think one of the biggest philosophies is like, you know, I, I was listening to one of yours, uh, your YouTube clips, actually, and I totally resonate. This is like we we as any professional, our, our job is to give show authority, show authority, show credibility, show we know what we're talking about. And that's how you know people decide to work with us if they like our story and they resonate with us. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah which is awesome. Um, I want to get into some client questions here. Um, if anybody's watching this live too, feel free to post any questions uh, for uh, Dr. David. Um, but I will ask some questions that we get from some of our clients. Now, one of the most common things that we see with the clients, especially when they're working out at home, they don't get much push pulling exercises because they're doing a lot of pushing, um, especially if you don't have access to bands or you don't have access to weights or anything that give you that resistance to what what kind of movement would you say uh, or what exercises would you suggest to offset a lot of the pushing exercises that clients do? Yeah, that's that's tough, um, especially with min minimal equipment. It's kind of hard to do um, some some scenarios that I've done is I get people to get like one of their canvas bags or tote bags that they use for groceries and fill it up with like textbooks and then use that as like uh, a way to do rows and stuff. But other than that, um, if you happen to have kind of like a very stable table, that's kind of, you know, more of like a two by four, nothing too wide, you can always grab the edges and do like body rows from underneath and stuff like that. So yeah, gotta be pretty creative to do your pull exercises um, if you don't really have the bands or dumbbells at home, but there's definitely ways around it. Um, I also find just, you know, buying those large jugs of water also comes in handy. And obviously you could, you know, start emptying it out if you, if it's too heavy. Um, but I find that in doing those type of rows, uh, with those weights work just as well. Okay. So, so making sure, so minimum wise, most people should have bands or weights. Would you yeah. So honestly, if you have, if you have bands, you could do a ton of stuff, like, especially, um, so if you have a, like a like a stable hand railing at home, then you could just easily loop that band around it and then do a lot of your pulling exercises. Um, I tend to find that if you really want to work out your back, increasing the lever of, of where you're pulling compared to where the muscle you're trying to target uh, gets the job done. It's kind of like how doing like reverse flies is a lot harder than doing a row to target the same rhomboid muscle. So you can always do a lot of those more wide type of motions or like the Ys or the face pulls uh, to activate the upper back. And then the the if you want to target the lats, then obviously your classic rows and stuff. Um, a lot of people like 
have a multiple set of bands. So I usually say if you really need a heavier resistance, just like combine them all together and then pull on that. So there's no need to limit yourself to just one band as well. Right. That was, a, that was an important nugget, increase the lever point. So um, instead of just going straight rows. So if the weight is super light, just open it up a little bit. More. Exactly. And then it makes it like way harder all of a sudden. Nice. Awesome. Um, wrist issues is something we also see a lot of clients dealing with, especially at home workouts, always pushing on the floor or what would you suggest for some of those fixes? Yeah. So wrist, wrist is tricky, but um, there are a few things that you can do to modify it. Um, one is you can uh, increase. So if you're, if your wrist is flat on the floor and you have a lot of pressure here and that's where it hurts, then what I like to do is I like to just get like a rolled up towel and then I put it underneath this part of my wrist so that now instead of it being really, you know, having a sharp acute angle here, uh, because of that, it'll give you a little bit more of a softer kind of angle. And usually that decreases a lot of the tension that people experience in the wrists. Um, and it could be anything. You could use like a rolled up yoga mat. It could be a rolled up towel or uh, anything that will prop your hand up. If you have dumbbells, gripping onto the dumbbells helps a lot instead of just going straight to the floor. Um, Another thing you can do is a lot of people don't utilize their fingers enough. So when you're putting your hand on the floor, they tend to put all their weight right into the wrist. But if you push into your fingertips a little bit into the floor, it tends to offset, offset a lot of that pressure that's on your wrist. And you're using more of your forearm muscles to help support all the joints there. Beauty. Those are two really good ones. Actually, three. Number one, I love the rolled up towel example just to put the pressure up a little bit higher to give a better angle. Yeah. Um, using dumbbells and also putting pressure through your fingers. Awesome. Last one about injuries we see a lot with clients is uh, knees. Um, especially, especially they're watching home workouts, they're doing lunges, they're doing squats. How do people know if they are doing squats correctly? Is there like a telltale sign that you could like self be a little bit almost self-aware to figure figure out yeah squats so squats for one um let your knees pass your damn toes like honestly a lot of people limit themselves to just at their toes because of an old wise tale of someone saying that you shouldn't let them pass your toes but it's completely safe to do i mean when you go up a set of stairs your knees are passing your toes so it makes sense that you want to train that type of movement um so do that uh second you want to generally speaking your knee or the middle of your knee kind of where the tip of the kneecap is when you're doing that squat, it should go somewhere in between your second to third toe, you know, and it'll vary depending on, you know, the shape of your foot and stuff like that. But you want that knee to kind of go in that direction. So if you're finding that your knees are going or buckling in uh, where your knees are going, if if they're going inwards to where your feet are, or if they're going outwards, going out, that's when ten, uh, people tend to get a lot of uh, issues with their knees, especially with the squat movement. Okay. So, so two things I heard, make sure those knees, make sure you can go over your toes uh, a little bit and also make sure they go out a little bit over the two. Yeah. The, toes. the two inside ones or the outside ones, which the two, the two inside ones. Uh, two so inside not ones. your big toe, but your, your, you know, I guess your in index finger toe and then your middle toe. Yeah. Got it. Got <laughs> it. So make sure it's tracking over that to make sure that you're doing the squats effectively. Mm -hmm. Sweet, man. Um, I want to give a big shout out to you too. Um, Dr. David and his clinic is actually sponsoring one of the prizes for our uh, little black dress project. So any of the clients uh, listening to this, that is his clinic and who's the, and who, and um, tell us what does your clinic offer in terms of services? Yeah. In terms of services, uh, we're a multidisciplinary uh, clinic. So we have chiropractic, uh, physiotherapy, uh, massage therapy, registered massage therapy. 
We also have osteopathy, but right now because of the COVID pandemic, uh, osteopathy services are uh, closed. But as soon as you know the lockdown lines up, then those will be back and running also. So uh, yeah, and then with that, we also opened up uh, virtual uh, appointments for both chiropractic and physio because we realized like because of of COVID nineteen, we understand that you know if you want to keep your family safe, yourself safe, that uh, you, we could bring the appointment online. And this is really good because honestly, like 70% of the results are coming from the exercises that you, you're being given anyways. And a lot of research studies uh, that have occurred since uh, the closure of clinics happened initially last March reveals that actually uh, virtual therapy is just as effective as in person. Wow. So, which is pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, it, it's amazing because it opens up this to everybody then should make therapy accessible to everybody. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And it goes to show it, it's funny how that, uh, that, that works that you could still get the same results by doing things on your own and being self-sufficient. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, exercise is the gold standard. Like whenever any, like a new thing comes out, like laser or acupuncture, they're always comparing it in research. I mean, uh, to exercise and the effectiveness of exercise, um, uh, in terms of getting a person, uh, reducing their pain, increasing the range of motion, improving lifestyle, it's all exercise. So um, don't get me wrong. I love giving the massage and cracking some backs, but ultimately, you know, you got to do your homework and then that's what gets you the long-term results. And so um, that's why the virtual care is so effective. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great that you can offer that. Um, for people that want to learn more about you or reach out to you, what's the best way to get hold of you? Yeah. So, um, well, if you want to learn more about me or the clinic or, or any of the therapists that work at this uh, location, you can just go to rehabhero.ca and uh, there we also have a free uh, exercise video resource. So we have like over 200 exercise videos there, mostly rehab uh, oriented. Um, but you can also take a look at my Instagram, which is just instagram.com slash rehabhero. Um, and yeah, so that's probably the best way to find out more about that. If you want to contact me directly, it's probably best by email, uh, which is just contact at rehabhero.ca. Awesome. And for any of our clients listening, we got a, we got a, we're hooking you up with a deal uh, that we've partnered up with uh, Dr. Song and offering. What was it? So we're doing uh, actually, yeah. So it's a, it'll be a free massage therapy session. And so we have two massage therapists here that are willing to do uh, it. And they're both like, they both specialize in both uh, sports and deep tissue massage. So it, they get real in there and you know, it feels great. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you spending this uh, little bit of time with us and uh, sharing your secrets on health, wealth, and being kick-ass. Take care, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Being a Ninja show. If you enjoyed that episode, do consider sharing, subscribing, or even leave us some comments. It'd be much appreciated. Signing off. Sayonara.